0: It's great to be with you this morning. Hey, July 4th is on a Sunday. Now, I want to say something about that. It is, is, uh, like Matt said, we've known it actually for over a month. We've actually known it for over a year, but Eloise has been so kind to continue to remind us. Thank you, Eloise. This is Independence Day. Guys, I'm just telling you, if you are easily offended, you're going to be offended today by the message. I don't normally do this, but I am going to talk about the United States of America, and how God works in the United States of America, and how God desires to work among the nations that would choose him, that would choose him. You know, we're one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. And it's taken a long time to get to liberty and justice for all. The closer we approach God as individuals, the more we begin to understand things that are wrong with us. And we as a corporate America, we as a corporate church, the closer we grow to God, the more he will show us. It's called sanctification. The more he will show us this is not right. You should not go down this path. And he's done this throughout nations before, but one nation particularly that God chose is the nation of Israel. So I'm going to start there. Would you please stand for the reading of the scripture? Now he's speaking of Israel here. He is not speaking of the United States of America, but you're going to see the relationship here in just a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 6 through 8. For you are all a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you. Speaking of Israel, he chose Israel You to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all the peoples. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep his oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out of the mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You may be seated. Oh, this is the reading of the Word of God, and it's so rich in His and for His chosen people. God began with Abram, and as you, many of you know, God changed Abram's name to what? Abraham, which means the father of many. Some would take that further, and it would mean the father of many nations, if you will. In other words, that God is for the world. God so loved the world that He gave, and this is how we should see our God. It's interesting that God worked in this way from the individual to the corporate and through the corporate nation of Israel, we see the characteristics of God. You do, you see his justice. Watch what happens when Israel doesn't follow the Lord. But you also see his mercy. Many times they called upon their Lord God to show mercy unto them and he showed them mercy. He disciplines them. He establishes his covenant with them. He never breaks his covenant, and yet the people of God oftentimes do. He shows how he works through generations. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, three generations and a nation was formed. Church, if we could only grab that and think about what will it look like three generations from now. God has a plan and a purpose for us here at Harvest Connection to be connected upward, to be connected inward, and to connect outward for his glory, for generations to come. But in all this, we see the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. Now listen up. God chose the Israelites, but the United States of America chose God. From its beginning, your professors may not tell you this today, but from its inception, that was its direction. Its direction came from God, but God had his people, of course, the royal priesthood, if you would, the church, and as they moved from, from over in Europe to here, he had a plan and a purpose, but they must choose him and his plan and purpose for America. July 4th, 2021, America is officially 245 years old today. Happy birthday to the United States of America. 52 of the 56 forefathers of this nation dated back to the Puritans who left religious persecution and desired to establish a Christian nation. In his book, The American Miracle, it's a thick book. If you order it, I encourage you to order it. It's written by Michael Medved. I, I read it two, three years ago. Incredible book. He just know he's Jewish. But he's this close to becoming Christian. He is. And what he says in there is there is a blessing upon the nation of America. God chose to bless them because they chose him. It's the power of us. He goes on to say no other time in history were the minds of such men such as John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, George Washington, all to name a few of of many. And what he says here is he says to have these kind of men all together in one setting working on a constitution, on a declaration has never happened with any other nation. It's interesting when the Constitution, Constitution was being debated and the representation of states was being discussed in Congress. Y'all will get a kick out of this. Uh, they had to change the meeting times to the very heat of the day because of the press. What? Because what was happening is they were coming together, and as they would discuss the representation and all these other things, what they what they learned was the press was going out and writing something completely different. They were writing in their own and according to their own narratives. I didn't know what happened back then until I read history. And so they they did this for fear of what England might do to them. Originally, when they were looking at making a declaration, they didn't realize or even much less understand that this could actually happen. It took the people a long time to get on board, but as they started getting on board, the press was like, oh no, who do we serve? What do we do in this situation? So they wrote a false narrative. And in their because of their false narrative, the, the these um, congressmen said, hey, let's do this. Let's start meeting in the heat of the day so the press won't show up. They don't like to sweat. They didn't say it in those same words, but when George Washington took his oath, he, as the father of this nation, said, so help me God. Now, many historians refute that today and say, no, he didn't. That's that's just uh, something that, that somebody wrote down and it got picked up, but he didn't do that. They say, well, possibly Chester Arthur started that tradition. Uh, It it goes, and you can read, and you can get in that discussion if you want to. But it's interesting to me, one thing that is known is that he took his Bible after taking the oath, and he held it up, and then he kissed it. The Word of God. To establish a nation based upon the Word of God. They try to make him king, and, and George Washington said, I don't want to be king. Matter of fact, they tried to make set no term limits, and he said, no, we're going to have term limits. George Washington in the Continental Congress didn't say many words, but when he spoke, people listened because he was proven. He He was a proven warrior, if you didn't know that about him. Now, listen, every nation has its scars. Every nation does. We are not a perfect nation. We're not a perfect church. We're, we're doing our best to pursue the Lord. And as a nation pursues the Lord, God reveals some things to this nation, to a church, to his people. But there's always been this thing. There is power in usness, in usness, in, in being in unity. Jesus himself said a house divided cannot stand that, that we're called to be together. The, the beginning of Scripture says what? It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. He called us to be together. And There are some major atrocities that have happened in this country. By no means has it been perfect, but as we found ourselves attempting to walk in the perfection of our heavenly Father, He revealed some things to us throughout history. Things had to change. It's known as sanctification. He still does this today. Did you know this? This is kind of interesting. The three branches of Congress were set up through conversations with the church. And not just any church. The three branches were actually set up through conversations of a Protestant church known as a Methodist church that still sits on the premises of D.C. today to set up a, a nation biblically, the legislative, the executive, and the judicial branches. But you can go study all about that. Here's the truth. The land of the free and the home of the brave is not without our scars. It is not perfect. But the more we pursue the Lord, the more things become evident to us. I praise God for the Emancipation Proclamation. Freedom for all. I praise God for the 19th Amendment. Many of you don't know what that was, but half of you should. Go look it up. Women's suffrage movement. The right to vote. Maybe that's the easier way to put it. 1960s, man breaks on the scene, Dr. Martin Luther King in civil rights, and he went on to, to remind us that our constitution, constitutional rights, all men are created equal. Well, are we going to live up to this? Do we believe it? No doubt as the nation grew closer to God, God revealed areas that had to change as well, but it had to move towards him together. So the enemy will always seek, I want you to know, to divide that which God has established. Whether it be through family, whether it be through churches, whether it be through nations, the key to Satan's success is division. Instead of celebrating our different cultures and races today, he seeks to destroy through division. And we must learn as the people of God to keep God before us. It was the same with the Israelites It's amazing to me that at the time the first commandment was written, the Israelites on the bottom of the mountain were already breaking it. You ever thought of that? Thou shall not have any other gods before me. Moses comes down and says, hey, this is fresh from the pen of God. And there's a golden calf. And he's so shocked, he drops it, breaks it, has to go back up. Say, God, you got another pen? Obviously, they didn't read that one, right? I mean, it's it's just what happens. They had to continue to follow God. They There was a time in Israel's history, they wanted to be like every other nation is what the scripture said. When they cried for a king, finally God gave them a king. God had warned them, look, this is not my way. This is the way of man. Before that, it was a prophet. Now, let me tell you about the difference between a prophet and a king. A prophet will keep God in front of you, but a king will keep you in front of him. And as kingdoms are set up, always look for people to push a king forward of that kingdom. And in this kingdom, there's only room for one king, and his name is Jesus Christ. See, not only did they receive a king, some good, some bad. They got several kings, but their lack of the pursuit of the Lord caused them to lose their promised land. America, let this be a warning. From sea to shining sea is at risk. You know, Philadelphia, the, the home of what? Brotherly love. Come on, church. Know your history, right? This was an incredible place. It hosted Christ Church the Liberty Bell, but today has drifted to a place where his church is barely recognized with little influence along with most of our coastal areas. You know, what about wars? Uh, uh, some of our youth today going through Christian ethics, we're going to cover a chapter call, called, Is There a Reason for Just Cause War? What would God say about wars? America's had many, the Israelites, it almost, they were constantly in some type of war, mainly with the Philistines, but several others. But God continued to be a witness to other nations through this. You know, many will always choose to be an enemy to God's people. The United States began with a Revolutionary War. Many of you know this. George Washington fought. He conquered Mount Hermon. He was more of a soldier than a politician. It's interesting because in that particular war, it is written about him that, that his men were tired, they were exhausted, there was an open field, they were receiving some rounds, and he determined himself to go out in front of his soldiers and go and take the battlefield. And as he rode out afterwards, they took the coat off of him and it had six to seven bullet holes through it. But he had no wounds. Today celebrates our Independence Day. But the news media writes its own narrative and has chosen to call it the 4th of July holiday. You won't hear Independence Day out there today, folks. Somebody brought this to my attention. Another thing that, that I recognized and realized that um, the American flags were not being flown yesterday on college campuses. One of our colleges right here local, two of them as a matter of fact. I started asking questions, what's going on? Well, that shows American elitism. Listen, <laughs> some crazy things are out there. Colleges, universities, I'm going to tell you something, in some ways can be a model for the church in this way. That they're, they're incredible about how they do international studies and bring international peoples together. And we as God's people ought to be doing that as well. But we cannot forget who we are. Yes, I do believe that we are a nation who chose God. And, and we should fly that flag high. The United States, in its pursuit to be a Christian nation, look, it found itself in a place of anti-slavery. And the bloodiest battle to ever hit our nation, more than all the other wars combined, is known as the Civil War, which oftentimes now in history books is left out. No, that's that's not a war we want to talk about. Listen, restitution has been paid in blood. That many people died. Abraham Lincoln, during that time, penned these words. He said, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side, for God is always right. There have been over 93 wars named since our country has begun 245 years ago. World War I, World War II, the Korean, Vietnam, Gulf War, Iraqi freedom, Afghanistan, Afghanistan. The blood has been shed, even as a Christian nation, for all of us to be free. David, he was a mighty warrior, but when he was ready to build the temple, God told him, your hands have shed too much blood. This is an interesting story because David was a mighty warrior, but it didn't stop the temple from being built. God is a God of generations. And so God said, David, lay it all out for your son Solomon will come in and the next generation will build it and build it for me. You see, we all stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. You don't know what you have until it's gone. Freedom comes at a cost. It's always been that way. Had our forefathers not been together when they signed the Declaration of Independence, we wouldn't be here today in the way that we are. You know, Benjamin Franklin, many of you remember what he said. He said, we must all hang together, right, or assuredly, we'll all hang separately. They were brave men that understood the cost of what they were doing. See, for us as a nation to choose God is to choose freedom, for our God is a God of freedom. Galatians 5 Now, now, some of you are going to say, and I know some of you scholars out there, you've already turned me off anyway. But but let me say this. You'll say, Galatians, you're taking that completely out of context. Am I? Have you studied the history of the church at Galatia? There are some atrocities that were taking place through slavery. I can't even mention them. I would love to right now. They would run through holding body parts in the city because of what was done to them and what they were doing to themselves. And these words are penned by the Apostle Paul. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, not to be yoked to a yoke of slavery. God's will for us is to be free. Spiritual and physical freedom are God's will for us. What happens in the spiritual should be seen in the natural. The Israelites enjoyed the land flowing with milk and honey until they became complacent. And they no longer were sovereign and they lost their values. They lost the commands of God and the commands of God no longer directed them as the people of God. Consequences soon came when they determined they no longer needed God and when they became complacent and notice what happened in their lives, they became enslaved again. It's known as the great diaspora. You can read about that as well. Let me tell you, God wants us together as his people, not just one nation under God indivisible, but also churches that express his unity, his love for human race. For God is for one race only, and that is the human race. In all of my life, I have never seen racism in America as it stands today. Martin Luther King stated, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Now church, you need to hear me, and this is somewhat of an offensive statement today, and it never should be. I am not going to apologize for being a white male. It, was, it wasn't my choice. I wasn't up in the stars of the galaxies and said, paint me white, God, and send me down there. I'll do something great. As a matter of fact, this is dangerous for me to say, but if I would have had my choice, I would have been Hispanic, preferably a Hispanic male. Here's why, for three reasons. Three, one, they know how to do family. They know what it means to have a patriarchal and matriarchal family and how to honor their elders. They do a, I've been to Mexico so many times, far more than I can count. And I will tell you, I see it everywhere I go. The second reason, that I would like to be a Hispanic male. is just, if I had my choice, it's because they have the best food. (laughs) I, I just believe that. And the third and final one is because they have great skin. I don't. I'm at the dermatologist. Did you know if you bump my nose, it starts bleeding? Because my skin is so thin today. But here's the thing, to reject who I am is to reject who God is. Because the only way I can know me is to know God. And I'm created in his image. And regardless of what color you are, you're the beautiful mosaic that makes up the people of God. I bless God for every culture. My second choice would have been to be black. I wouldn't even have to worry about the sun. And I've always wanted to play basketball above the rim. I'm just telling you. I don't care. If you would have been with... Look, when, when my college roommate got married, he married a Hispanic. And I went, I was, of course, in his wedding. We painted on the bottom of his shoes, help me, when he knelt down at the altar because it was a Catholic wedding, right? We did all kinds of crazy stuff. But the party, we were dancing in this big circle. And and uh, man, we had pointy boots. I'm talking about we had some fun. It was culture. If you'd have seen us last night, Charles Lack, I can dance, can't I? He's not even going to agree with me. You know how beautiful of a picture to see whites and blacks come onto the dance floor. It, it was funny. But it was cultures that, that really came together because Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the reason we have relationships. Look, here's it's, it's just the way it is. Let me say something, um, the minds of those of you from the east, if your heritage goes there, you don't have to apologize because you're smart. There's nothing wrong with it. The advancement that we see today oftentimes is because of you. Don't apologize, embrace. We're one nation under God. God chose Israel, but America chose God. There is power in the usness of what He wants to do. We have sent out more missionaries than any other country combined to go evangelize the world. The world has been blessed by America. People are still risking their lives to get into this land of the free and the home of the brave. You know, to be a part of a free country. People are looking for a chance. Now, let me say this. I believe in the legal way. I mean, Jesus makes it clear, look, uh, uh, you can't enter by any other way. He says, I am the door. But he also shares a parable about uh, someone trying to, to come over the wall to sneak in. Why is it that way? Because there are values that need to be upheld. That's why Jesus said, I am the door. And he's reminding us that sovereignty sovereignty upholds the values of the possessor. If God is our possessor, then we should not allow other countries, foreign gods, to control that which is of our Lord. We shouldn't let that happen. If you study the Israelites and their history long enough, what happened to King Solomon? He did great till he was 40. He hit a midlife crisis. And then it says, not only did he take on so many more wives, what else did he take on? He took on their gods. He lost his value. He lost his way. He turned a nation to be in opposition to God. You see, it takes all of us. We need to see the picture that God has painted through the mosaic, but it takes all of us to choose him and to choose his ways. I think of the Native Americans. People ask me about this all the time. Let me tell you something. I am well read on their behalf. I read a lot on the history of of America. Many of the missions were embraced, and evangelism happened to begin with through many of you who caught on early on on Jesus Christ and who he was and who he is. You had a sun God. You had a snake God. There were all other kinds of gods, but when you learn the one true God, you spread him oftentimes from tribe to tribe instead of battling against one another. There's some other history that you need to know. What, we would have, what would have happened to us as a nation if the Lakotas, if the Mohawks, if the Comanches, if the Hopi, if the Cree, if the Crow soldiers had not joined up for the sake of America during World War II? Go and read the book about code breakers and how we gained the advantage over the Germans because of our Native Americans here in the United States of America. What about the Mexican and Latino population? They're responsible for originally bringing missions up through this land and introducing Jesus Christ. There's a book out there called The Next Christendom that truly believes that the Hispanic culture is gonna help bring revival, maybe be the possessors of revival for America today. Couple of reasons. Why? Because so many have come in, but the other is at the rate at which they populate. That can be funny. (laughs) God bless. The blacks. When I think of the blacks, I I think of they're responsible for many of our deep, devoted hymns that have such richness and such biblical ways. They knew the Bible. When they learned to read, they learned the Bible. They learned the Scriptures. They uphold them as the truth of God. They bring passion and compassion. I think of St. John's Methodist Episcopal Church. Go and look at the history where they, they, they incorporated what it means in their culture to know God and to bring God to America. I served with many in the military at my last station was at Fort Huachuca. Fort Huachuca was established by the Buffalo Soldiers. There's a huge statue of a Buffalo Soldier there. Black men who came in to help settle the West. Asians flooded America in the late 1800s and early 1900s, and they brought their abilities for industrial and technical revolution. All had a part, and all have a part, but to be America, we must Return to a place of choosing Him. I love to see different cultures come together in the name of Jesus Christ. And we provide opportunity and freedoms for that to happen. God's kingdom. Look, God's kingdom is an incredible thing here upon this earth. And for those that would choose God, we have the opportunity to participate in His kingdom. There's a lot at risk Today, church, when we don't stand for his values as a church and as a nation, we've got to hear him calling us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, our God is not national. There's no doubt he's international. We ought to pray for our brothers and sisters who have to worship in private this very day because they don't have freedoms that we celebrate and oftentimes take for granted today. You know, we're blessed because initially we were choosing God's ways over our own ways. But God's kingdom will always be expressed through His people who choose Him. But listen to me, what's at stake is how we will do this. We'll either do it through oppression or through freedom. Just as Abraham was told he would be a blessing to all of the nations, we too have been that very thing as long as we continue to walk in God's statutes. Is it worth defending? You bet it is. God bless America. Revelation 7-9. The Apostle John speaks of 12,000 from 12 tribes. And what he's saying is God came first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. Jesus even says that. There's no doubt God has his chosen people. But those who choose him are called the royal priesthood in him. And he paints this beautiful picture that after the Jews, he says this, After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes. Now, I'd love to preach on that. What he's saying is you can see the color. You can see a beautiful mosaic, but all of them wear the same. He goes on, salvation belongs. They were crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Because the truth is, there's only room for one king, and that's Jesus. And when all of us, regardless of our cultures, regardless of our colors, bring Jesus to the table, we have the same blood. We have the same purpose. We have the same vision. America provides that freedom for that to happen. Don't listen to the voices that divide, because a house divided cannot stand. America, God shed His grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Would you please stand? I'm going to ask the altar team to make their way forward this morning. And as they do, I think all of us about two or three years ago I was at a convention, a small convention, was there with Steve Friske and a couple of others, and uh, the overall message was the church needs to repent. The church needs to repent, because if the church truly stood up, then what we would see is the church's values becoming American values once again. The Israelites were reminded how this was to happen in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. You know, God's begun his healing with all the rain that we've had. So many people have been praying and pursuing God. Listen. That promise that was given to the Israelites, God's chosen people, think about how much more strong that promise is to those who would choose Him. On their own volition, we have the opportunity because we are in a free country to express the freedom of our God and to repent. I'm going to ask all of you, the churches that are going to remain throughout the United States are going to be those who are humble, those who pray, those who repent, and those who are willing to stand for His purposes in their lives. Unified. So if you would like to pray this morning, I encourage you to come forward and pray with our altar team. If you have some racism in you and you claim to be a Christian, you better ride it out. I'm telling you, and the way you do that is by coming before the Lord. Whatever caused it, whatever happened, there's some terrible voices out there that are trying to divide us today. But Jesus says, no, I'm here to unite you because I want to see every tongue, every tribe, every nation be represented in my house, in my nations, and the nations that my sovereignty goes through. It's going to have those things in common. So this morning and throughout this week and this Independence Day, I'm going to call it Independence Day. I'm going to call it what it is. You have the freedom to be independent. You also have the freedom to be together as an American, as a Christian as God's holy chosen people. Protect that at all costs. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this, your day. A gift from you. I thank you for our freedoms. I thank you for our forefathers. I thank you for those who have gone before us. I thank you for every tongue, tribe, and nation being represented. It didn't come about in perfection, but it came about, Father. And we're here today because people chose you. And Father, I pray as a nation that we would repent that we would turn from our wicked ways, that we would seek your face. And Father, that we will hear from heaven and you will forgive, forgive our sins, that you will heal our land. And Lord God, once again, we will be the land of the free and the home of the brave, where your grace, where your mercy shines through. Use the people of your church, Father, the people of this nation, for your sovereign will. In Jesus' name, amen.